Yeah, like, like if, if you if you okay, what you'd have to do is you'd have to hold it really high up on the neck of it, and then a sinkhole would have to just take the person down. <laughs> because there's no other way you could die f- from one of those yeah. things. Fellas, don't drink that coffee. Oh. like five minutes of the other one so i okay. will see if i can get to it we'll see i haven't i haven't finished either for okay. those i guess we're starting for those listening we're gonna attempt to do two in one day which we've never done and we probably yeah. still won't do but we're That's getting not true we've, we've done two episodes at a, at a time have we? I don't think we have. Yeah, yeah. You got really upset that we did it because you felt like we rushed through it. Oh, that sounds yeah. It sounds like me getting upset over this podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we, but we're getting to a point where potentially you and I could watch the episode seven of the second season, which is a, it's a big pivotal point. We could there's there's a chance we could watch it together in person. And so oh, yeah. part of my thought was like if we can get through this one and the next one, then we'd be set up for next weekend when I'm going to see you. Um, yeah. Odds are we still won't make any of this happen, but it's the trying that's important to me, right? Well, I mean, I'm free tomorrow night too. Okay. Okay. Like after you know, kid bedtime. Sure. So. Well, maybe we'll make so that I'm happen. So just saying. Yeah. Uh, this is C- episode uh, five of the second season of Twin Peaks, mm-hmm. uh, titled "The Orchid's Curse." Uh, mm-hmm. Once again, these titles were not given by the writers or David Lynch. Uh, or God. Uh, these were, uh, I think, originated when it was aired in Europe. So there now, are I, there are orchids in this one, so it's not such a stretch. I mean, um, you can't really say that it wasn't delivered down by God because you don't know. Because God does all the subtitles for and and titling of European television. Well, maybe did you are the titles written in red? Because <laughs> then we know. It's a really good. That's a good joke. Thank you. It's a really good uh, new international version joke. Yeah. Um, for those who don't haven't picked up a Bible in the last I don't know hundred years. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of them. Um, this episode was written by Barry Pullman, who I'm not very familiar with, but he's written some TV. It was directed by Graham Clifford, who the only credit you're going to care about is he directed Gleaming the Cube. Oh, very nice. <laughs> I can see the similarities. It's all coming together for you, Dallas. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of skateboarding in this episode, There's so that makes sense. Tons of skateboarding. It was all cut. It was all yeah. deleted, but uh, you could feel it. You could f- well feel the when skateboarding. Big, when Big Ed dropped in on the on the half pipe, <laughs> I thought it was a little out of context. You know but... what this show needs is a lot more skateboarding. Mostly Big Ed dropping <laughs> in on half pipes. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Singing on top of old Smokey. <laughs> uh, anyway, have you have questions about that? Yeah, I when bet, we get there, we'll I get bet there. you do. Um, okay. So this starts kind of a wave of episodes that are very important to the show. Uh, I would say like the next six episodes are very crucial, critical. There's a lot going on, so uh, they're important. I hope you paid attention, Dallas. I hope you. I hope you're. I hope you're trying to pay attention. Yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> what, po- what podcast are you on, Dallas? Oh, man, kept faith. Uh, <laughs> you know, here's what I think about the Padres this year. No, yeah. no, no. Well, hey, before we start, why don't we tell everyone where we can follow you on the internet? You've got a, a lot going on. Yeah, right I guess now. so. Um, sure, why not? I'm on... Uh, By the way, I said on internet. On internet. Can we follow you on internet? You can follow me on the internet, that's on, for sure. On the line. I'm at uh, I'm on Twitter, at Dallas underscore MC. And uh, you can follow my Instagram if you want, at Dalskips. Uh, D-A-L-S-K-I-P-S. That's I, really it. I, I, gave, I gave you the nickname of Skips, but I don't know why. 
Um, to my knowledge, it was something that you came up with, and then you and Joe, and I think maybe Nick decided that you would just start texting me and Call, calling, calling me Skip. Skips. <laughs> it was definitely Skips, and there was no context behind it. You just wanted to yeah. call, start calling me Skips. Yeah, and it stuck. <clears throat> You know, what's a bummer is that it did stick, and I like that name, and I put it into a cartoon idea, but apparently there's a character on the show, regular show, named Skips. Oh. Yeah, kind of a bummer. I don't know where I, I, don't know where I got that, but I definitely know that I, it came out of my brain. Skips. Well, you're welcome. You're welcome. I appreciate it. One more thing. It's one more thing I've given you, other than this podcast in Twin Peaks. Oh, it's been, it's been, thank you. The gift that keeps giving. And won't stop. So, um, this episode aired on October 27th in the year 1990. And, uh, we start outside of the great Northern. It's a really, it's like a really beautiful shot. Um, and it made me wonder, was this something that they had shot when they were originally in Seattle or uh, up in the Washington area? Because I, I feel like at this point, because they're shooting in LA, they've reused so many of the exterior shots, right? We've seen the Great Northern from the falls, like every episode. But there's this mm-hmm. really cool shot from kind of the parking lot and then looking at the hotel that I think up until this point we hadn't seen. I thought it was really yeah. interesting. But you, well, yeah, you, we had, yeah. It, yeah, it, it, I never had seen it. I thought it was, I, it's like a much nicer than, yeah, <laughs> than I totally. had assumed. Yeah, yeah. Um, but do you know what I mean? Like by this point, they're really abusing all the exteriors. It's like there's the one shot of the Palmer House, there's the one shot of the Sheriff's House or Sheriff's mm-hmm. Department. You know what I mean? Um, because they were limited in terms of like whatever they could shoot originally when they shot the pilot is mostly what they're using for the exteriors. Um, you know, they gonna we could just fly up to Seattle and just do some more exteriors for like a day. And then maybe they did. Maybe that's what this is from. But nor but. We haven't seen a lot of that. So if that's what that this is, that would explain it. Um, yeah. But anyway, Cooper is waking up and he's talking to Diane. And uh, he recounts kind of a humorous story about how he dreamed he was chewing on. I forget what he says, but basically it ends up he was eating one of his earplugs that she had sent him. Um, which that's really gross. Unless mm-hmm. unless Cooper takes like meticulous care of of his ears and doesn't have a lot of earwax, it's really really disgusting. Um, but he seems like the kind of guy who maybe does take care of his ears. Yeah, he really does. He seems like a very clean cut, uh, well well like he, moisturized he, person. Like his his grooming habits are of the highest echelon, right? He's in that tier. Yeah, not, I would think so. Not you or I. No, no, no. Do you have good grooming habits? Uh, it's like in the middle. I'm in the middle. I'm not bad. <laughs> I'm not great. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I, it gets as we get older, it's it's harder. It's more time intensive, right? Yeah. Well, you have to like you when you have to do it when you have a minute to do it. Yeah. And it sucks because you don't get a lot of minutes to do it. No, because you spend them podcasting. Yeah, well, listen, there's priorities. Either I'm going to stink or I'm going to podcast. You know what I mean? <laughs> and we all know, America knows what you've chosen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> A very small part of America has <laughs> knows what I've chosen. Um, so, at this point, he's talking about how he's trying to deal with the pain of he was just shot, what, four times. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, he's, he's, do- he's doing a headstand because that's going to help him feel better. Uh and this is when he finally, finally sees Audrey's note, which has been there for, I think, three or four days now. Maybe five days, uh, according, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. according to the way they do the show. If every show was a day, I guess it's been four or five days. So he, he sees it, uh, you know, and Audrey's handwriting says something about, you know, I've gone up north. Jack has the answer. And um, there was a line in the season opener where the giant says, you missed something. And that's where it, it was like that little looked like Tinkerbell kind of headed towards the light or uh, headed mm-hmm. towards the note. And so he says, the giant was right. Um, anyway, it's kind of funny that he would put all that together right at that moment, but he does. Mm-hmm. And so Coop finally has a clue. He gets a clue. <laughs> um, we're at the it's sh- a clue. It's a clue. We're at the sheriff's station and uh, Hawk has been kind of, for the last, you know, couple of days, he's been really trying to track down the the man who's described as 
uh, by Leland Palmer as someone he knew when he was growing up who lived next to him. Uh, and he finally says, you know, there was no record of the gray-haired man living next to the Palmers, but he found, like, the two retired school teachers who lived there. So that's he's kind of at a dead end with that trail. Um, Lucy's going out of town, and... Um, but she's kind of freaking out because she has to have a temp and the temp doesn't show up. And so she's like, ah, this is very complicated of how everything works, the phones. And, you know, Sheriff Truman's just like, get out of here. We'll figure it out. Um, <laughs> and we see how that plays out. Yeah. So and then Coop shows up. Uh, I think Harry's asking him about the drop. And he's like, you know, I have some new information here. I know where Audrey is. So then we're off to the Johnson residence, finally, um, because Leo, Leo's not in this scene. No, he is in this scene. Leo's is he? back. I don't remember being... No, he is... I don't remember him being in it, though. No, he's not. He's not. He's, he's not, because he's still under... Uh, he's in custody still. Yeah. But you know who is in this scene? Yeah, dude. Freaking Squiggy. Freaking... I was just going to say, freaking Squiggy. Freaking Squiggy, If you were dude. like... You know what this show really needs is more squiggy well wackity schmackity do here he is i just um, want to picture a, a set of russ tamblin and squiggy just hanging out <laughs> you just need michael mckean and then you're good you're golden oh man which i don't even know he might show up i have no I'm idea. i'm not gonna ruin this for you or anyone else who hasn't seen the show if michael mckean and not even playing an actor but just michael mckean is the one who murdered laura palmer um, I'll probably rewatch this several times. <laughs> Does this shoot to number one in your heart instantly? It might, yeah, it might beat the Sopranos. So, um, so he's there cause he's like the salesman for all of the kind of the equipment Leo's going to need for his new life. Uh, one of which is this chairlift that's going to get him in and out of bed. And of course it's not working. And there's this kind of comedic scene where at the end, uh, you know, Shelly and Bobby go outside to make out or whatever, you know, like again. And, um, <laughs> and the chairlift just starts slamming squiggy into the wall. Um, which by the way, his name in the show is Pinkle, which is fantastic. Uh, Bobby, Bobby. Yeah, so it just ends with him back and forth getting smashed into, uh, into the, the, the Johnson, uh, living room wall where they've now put the bed. Um, can I ask a question? Because we're going to find out in a second, too, with with Laura Flynn Boyle. Yeah. But it seems like this episode, specifically, like, the women just got real sexy. Okay. All right. Like, what, what's Bobby's, what's the girl Leo's Shelley. Uh, wife? Shelly, right? So, yeah. Yeah, so Shelly's all of a sudden wearing, like, a tight black dress and, like, a red lipstick and, like, smoking I didn't, I didn't notice that. I mean, I know in this episode, like, Laura Flynn Boyle's character is is specifically trying to be seductive towards Harold for a reason. You know what I mean? Well, totally. I, but, you know, also, like, that summer they had um, – Rolling Stone had, like, uh, those, those three. So it was Laura Flynn Boyle, uh, Shelley Johnson, and then also um, – Audrey Horn were like on the cover of Rolling Stone. You know what I mean? So like they were becoming this thing. So maybe that, that was kind of conscious of the writers, um, you know, but yeah, but I, yeah I, did, like, I didn't notice. really sexy. And then the first shot of Laura Flynn Boyle was like in like the dark dim light, you know, yeah. but she's like, Hey, yeah. Like they just got really, really, even Nadine for a second. I was like, Oh, wow. Dallas, go on. You Move have the eye patch. You, you know what a, I mean? Do you have a thing for Nadine? Now? Let's see what's under that eye patch. Yeah, I don't think you want to see what's under the eye patch. Well, we're gonna find out, I guess. No, I hope we don't. No, oh, all right. <laughs> big Ed, big Big Ed shot her eye out. <clears throat> yeah, well, that's what he says. That's the story. <laughs> it could have been Michael McKean. It could have been Michael McKean, or Big Ed's just a big liar. Maybe that's how he got his nickname, Big, because he's just a big liar. Just, it, big liar Ed was just too long, and people started <laughs> just long. cutting a liar out. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry, I went off track. No, but I just was... Uh, that was fun. It, Thank you. No problem. Um, well, we'll keep, we'll keep track of the sexiness, because the, the Laura Flynn Boyle thing made sense, because that's part of the plot, but I, yeah. I had not... Uh, I'll try to stay keen. Um, Michael McKean. 
<laughs> uh, the courthouse, also known as the Bang Bang Bar, which I think is, <laughs> yeah. I think they call the Roadhouse in the show. Um, that's like that's the place where, uh, in the first episode where they all get in that huge fight, it's also the courthouse. So, um, you know, Leland's requested bail, and uh, we get to see Daryl Lodwick again, which is fantastic. Um, the judge? N- no, the uh, the prosecutor. The dude who's the dude who they th- confuse for M.T. Wentz. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we do get to see the judge again. So uh, I like the judge. I like the judge too. I, and I looked into this episode. There's actually a, a deleted scene where you kind of learn a little bit more about the judge. And he, I guess, had was kind of from the area. Uh, he was friends with Ben Horn's dad. He was a kind of crucial in getting the Great Northern built. So he's got kind of a a past here. He's an important character, um, but they don't kind of let on to that as much because the scene was deleted. But um, anyway, in this scene, Truman speaks up for Leland uh, towards getting bail. And, um, and they also talk about how the Palmers have been longtime Twin Peakers residents going back to Leland's grandfather uh, and the judge grants Leland bail, um, which is, I mean, that's kind of crazy because he killed someone, but not really considering like, how uh, close knit everyone is. Yeah. Um, so this like, where is going to go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is when Donna, uh, this is the shot you're probably talking at. So Donna's at Harold's house. She brings food, to Harold, um, and Harold's day drinking, of course. Duh. Cause when white you're, wine. when you're shut in and you take care of orchids, uh, why not? You know, you're not, white you, wine. you're not driving. <clears throat> No, and yeah. How much white you, wine? How much white wine do you think you could drink before you couldn't drive? Um, tw- like twenty. Go, go try to a, try to find out real quick. Twenty. <laughs> I don't know how the twenty what twenty what twenty white wines. It's not like a can. Like twenty cans. A six pack. A six pack of white wine. And you couldn't drive. No, that would be disgusting. <laughs> uh, I you've talked several times about not liking Harold. Uh, yes. Like you don't like Harold, and man, did he come to, to, to? Did he back you up in this episode? <laughs> like uh, he, I, I mean, from literally this scene when he's holding white wine yeah. to the very last scene, I'm like, please just kill off this guy. Like this is the worst. He moved. He moved up the ranks. I mean, I get, I get his whole thing. I get that, like, Laura needed a place to hide the diary, and it's perfect because he's a shut-in, and no one's gonna come see him. But it, it is a little like, just that voice of I can't, I just can't deal with it anymore. It's, it's just like he's, it's, he's a terrible actor. So. It's, it's like a, he was. It's like I don't know, man. It's okay, like, well, he, he and uh, some some fans actually like really like him and praise his acting. Um, of course they do. So let's get to this scene. So she's she says that she'll kind of make a deal. She'll be part of his living novel, whatever that means. Uh, if if she can read the diary, and he says, you know what, I'll read the diary to you. Uh, and then she says, fine, that's it's a deal. So. It starts out where he starts asking her questions, and then she starts asking him questions, and she goes, where are you from? And he says, I grew up in Boston. And I was like, no way are you from Boston. <laughs> like, Mark Mark Wahlberg is from Boston. You know what I mean? Yeah. Harold Smith isn't from Boston. Come on. Well, Boston in the late 80s was a little different. I guess if you were Harold Smith and you grew up as Mark Wahlberg's neighbor and you were Harold Smith, you might be a shut in. Well, yeah, maybe probably cause you got just beat the crap beat out of yeah, you every day. Can't beat up a lot. <laughs> I can't do a Boston ac- accent. Can you say, Hey, nice orchid in a Boston accent. Uh, yeah. Hey, uh, <laughs> I'll try to do it. Uh, how, how, uh, how's your mother? I'm trying to, trying to work it in. <laughs> how's your mother? Hey, nice orchid. That's pretty good. Uh, hey, pack the car. Yeah. Hey, Park the Kai, it's a nice orchid there. Hey, what are you, gay with your orchids? What are you? <laughs> wall buggers. Wall buggers. I did a. Wall buggers. Sorry, this is a. You, maybe Clam this, I chowder. Was, what? 
I was doing like uh, uh, the other day I was at uh, my job, my day job. Yes. And uh, I was doing accents, but I was like doing it wrong, you know, <laughs> like on purpose. Yeah. And one of the people next to me, I was doing it with my buddy James and I was like, and I was like, I'm from Boston. And he was like, no, 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 there's more A's. There's more A's. And I was like, bang me. Like just like <laughs> doing it really poorly. And there was a girl sitting there and she goes, that's not what people from Boston sound like. <laughs> and like James and I immediately were like, oh, she thinks we're being serious. And so I'm like, no, no, no. James is right. It's more A's. It's like, it, you know, they're, they're like, eh, like everything's just all A's. And she's like, I've been to Boston. Like, they don't sound like that. <laughs> and James is like, no, Dallas is doing it right. Like, Dallas is really good at accents. And she's like, you really good at accents? I'm like, yeah. Obviously. She's like, she's like okay, we'll do Australian. And I'm like, okay. I'm from Australia. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> and she, like, thought I was, like, for we did it for, like, 10 minutes. And she did not know I was joking. Oh, that's fantastic. It was maybe the funnest 10 minutes I've ever had in my life. Way to, way to commit to the joke. I was just like, that, I was the, like, I'm from Minnesota. Hello, if, Minnesota. If you don't, if you don't learn anything from our podcast, please know that the secret to life is committing to the joke. You commit to the joke. Commit You're to the really joke, good. and then it doesn't matter. Great. Nothing else a good matters. Time. Nothing. Uh, uh, anyway, sorry. No, so Harold great. Smith is Boston from Boston. Elite. Yeah, very Boston. Um, big, big Bruins fan. Big Red Sox fan. So. Yeah. Um, she, this is a, the point. She grabs the diary. She's going to have some fun with Harold Smith from Boston. And uh, she she tries to get him to go outside. And when he does, oh, my gosh, he starts melting. This is the point where I, I guess it'd be pretty hard to act that anyway. But it's a little too like, oh, I'm good. <laughs> oh, the sun. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of like what he like. They should have made him barf or something. Like, let's just let's get, what if he's really, you know what I mean? He looks like he's he, the way he acts and kind of is. He looks like he's the guy who always shows up at like the end of an alien movie as like the leader of the alien race, who's yeah. like, "We were only here to be part of you. <laughs> we apologize if we hurt feelings." Wait, speaking of Michael McKean, have you did you see Better Call Saul? I have not watched any of it yet. Okay, so Michael McKean plays a guy who can't go outside. And he that's how you do it. The way he did it is, like, awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I would recommend it just for that alone if it didn't also have, you know, Bob Odenkirk and the guys who wrote Breaking Bad. Um, anyway, she feels bad. She should have just bailed with the diary at that point and just cut him out of her life. And then we, we we would all had him out of our life, but no, she's feels bad and picks him up. And anyway, um, here's where we get to Leo, but it's still just it's a photo of him, but it's a beautiful headshot. It's Leo's acting headshot uh, in the courtroom. And um, you still there? So we're back. We're back. No, because we 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 had a little technical difficulty. But we're back. Uh, we're back in the courtroom. And Leo is uh, represented by his beautiful headshot, um, mm-hmm. and then the dude representing okay. him is uh, is Van Dyke Parks. Do you know who that is? I do not. He wrote the words to the Beach Boys "Smile" album. <laughs> yeah, that's there amazing. You, there you go. Well, good. I'm glad. <laughs> glad he got other work. Um, this is all about it, whether or not Leo is fit to stand trial. Um, and so the judge kind of calls a recess, uh, and wants to talk to Cooper and, and Harry about, about this. Um, what's funny is I, I, I don't, there's, sorry, there's no real way to describe this, but Cooper's, uh, reaction to the judge calling him out in the courthouse is yeah. maybe one of my favorite Cooper moments. Oh, I have to go back and look at it. Like in, it didn't in register. So far. It didn't register with me. Because he's sitting there, and there's, what, four people in the court, courtroom? And the judge goes, uh, Agent Cooper, and he acts like there's no way he could be talking to him. <laughs> it's not like a one ch- of my, it's not such a, a chance great in heck. That's he's funny. like, oh, yeah, me? Yeah, what's up? <laughs> it's so good, dude. Anyway. Who, me? Um, yeah. So, um, 
they go back to the part of the, the this place that's a bar, and and ha- he has Sid make them up uh, a drink called the Black Yukon Sucker Punch, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I was like, I wrote in my notes, how do we make these? And then this guy who I follow on Twitter today posted the recipe for it. So it's a shot of Yukon Jack, a shot of blackberry brandy, a dash of bitters. You put it in a blender with ice for five seconds. Oh. So we're drinking these this weekend, right? Or Yeah, dude, I'm down. She's got to find blackberry brandy, I guess. Oh, I got some. Yeah. And is Yukon Jack a thing, too? It's got to be, right? I hope so. Otherwise, I'll never be able to try one of these things. If you can, if you can get down here early, and we'll go to Bevmo. Okay, we'll let everyone okay. know how how it goes. Um, <laughs> so the judge asked for advice about whether, uh, you know, they should hold Leo or if they should let him go home. And um, the judge decides Leo, you know, it is not fit to stand trial. If they'll let him go home. So, um, but one thing of note is before he, we we kind of get out of here. The judge warns Cooper to keep his eye on the woods. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And anyway, he comes back out, tells everyone Leo's coming home, and Shelly is stoked. <laughs> yeah, this was a good yeah, idea. She- it seemed like a good idea at one point, right? Yeah, yeah. at one point. Uh, speaking of people coming home, Nadine comes home. and Yeah, uh, which is what I'm confused about, because I forget the point where she got released. So this is it. Because the last time we saw her was two episodes ago, and this was when she was in the hospital. Um, yeah. I w- okay. So she shot, She came out of the coma. Mm-hmm. She just happens to not realize kind of who or when she is. She knows who she is, but she doesn't realize the amount of time that's passed since high school. So, yeah. you know, she has all these moments where she's like, doesn't know who James is. She doesn't. She wants to know where mom and dad are. Um, yeah. And, you know, poor Ed is, like, not equipped to handle this at all. And he just kind of goes to James, look, Doc Hayward says to roll with the punches, um, which is, seems like the kind of medical advice you'd get from a small-town doctor when dealing with a woman in her 30s who thinks she's in high school, <laughs> who also <laughs> happens to have superhuman strength. Like, yeah. just roll with the punches. You guys will be fine. Look, I know she can rip the fridge door off, but just roll with the punches. Yeah, that was a pretty funny moment. Um, and she does it that. Just she, came right it off. Just came right off. So, uh, good luck, Ed. We feel for you. Oh, you big, big Ed. You big liar. <laughs> 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 uh, back in the Great Northern, uh, Mister Tojimura has is there to see Ben and wants to make an offer on Ghostwood. Uh, ben is not having it until uh, Tojimura coughs up like a five million dollar check which mm-hmm. i don't really understand because he says like as a taste so i guess it's like here's five million bucks does it does that mean he gets the money or is it just like hold this and to know i'm serious i don't know how yeah, these really sort know. of large transactions work but anyway ben is like oh you're serious um but there's a lot of other things going on right at this moment because hank shows up Bobby's trailing Hank. Cooper shows up and he's there to meet Ben Horn about the drop that night. Um, mm-hmm. And then that's when John calls to talk to Horn to set up kind of everything. Tells him where Coop's going to meet him, which is like at an abandoned theme park. Um, and anyway, so Ben tells him, Cooper, what to do, uh, gives him the money, and afterwards talks to hank hank is there kind of to make sure that the coop and the money are delivered uh because ben obviously doesn't care about cooper he's mostly interested in his daughter and then maybe slightly behind her is the money coming back to him because he says if you can manage it bring back audrey and the briefcase so yeah and he's hoping cooper doesn't come back yes well i and i don't think i don't think it's necessarily like that he I don't think he wants to kill Cooper, but he's kind of like doesn't care, right? Yeah, well, he says, I think he says the line, like, with any luck, Cooper won't be coming back. Yeah, I mean, well, th- th- for him, it's like he doesn't want anything screwed up on the 
their side, on the you know Jean Renault side. He wants everything to go smoothly so that Audrey is fine. Yeah. Um, I have I, my my I use notes, you know, like in on my phone to mm. make notes, and I have so many autocorrects in this show, and I'm just gonna start leaving them. But I wrote Donna. No, I was going to say Donna and Massey planning to rob Harold. Well, obviously it's Maddie, but I feel like there's yeah. ones that are way like, like I want to write Blackie cause she's in this show and it will not let me write Blackie <laughs> like anything else than Blackie. Well, rightfully so. <laughs> um, so Donna and Maddie, um, Donna ropes Maddie in to try to kind of, she has this plan of how they're going to get the diary from Harold. <clears throat> so the plan is Donna's going to distract Harold She's going to give Maddie a signal. Maddie will sneak in and, 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 and instead of steal the diary, I wrote stake the diary, which, um, nice. I didn't actually write stake the diary. It just says steak diary, which I think I've named my new restaurant. <laughs> steak diary. <laughs> <laughs> what do you serve? Soup? <laughs> steak diary. It's kind of nice. <laughs> no, it's nice. I'd go there. Dear diary. <laughs> Um, the menu, that's how the menu would start. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dear Tire. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's think about it. Okay. Listen, um, I'll, be a, I'll be a minor investor. <laughs> Steak Diary. <laughs> <laughs> that's beautiful. Um, okay. So, Jean Renault. I can't, sp- I can't say his name. Jean Renault. Jean Renault. It just doesn't work for me. It doesn't work. The, right. the vowels don't work in my mouth. You're doing the best you can. Steak diary, I can say all day long. Yeah, that's easy. Yeah. So he's rehearsing the kind of the drop. Uh, he has a little sneaky knife knife jacket thingy. Um, I want one of those. But I think like... A sneaky it, knife jacket? Yeah, but it doesn't have to be... I mean, I wouldn't use it for a knife, you know. But what if it could like hand me a string cheese or something? Well, Yeah. Wouldn't that be cool? <clears throat> I guess. I like a like a, a baby wipe for me or you. <laughs> like, you just had it however they stay moist though, that's the problem. I'll have to figure that out. We'll have to use I the money. We'll have to use the money from steak diary on research and development. <laughs> I just wouldn't want to put like my knife in my shirt anywhere because Yeah, because what if what it if, what if it backfires? Yeah, what literally, if what if it literally way? backfires? Yeah, like you tripped. Yeah. And then you're dead because you wanted a secret knife shirt. Just <laughs> just, and it just keeps going after you fall and you're like dead. <laughs> it just goes, chick, 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 yeah. and it's just like mocking you even though you're yeah, dead. Yeah, I feel like there's too many ways it can go wrong. Yeah. But, you know, French Canadians. <laughs> <laughs> they love their technology. What are you going to do? They love it. They're big fans. Um. Yeah, I mean, do you know how many <laughs> French Canadians have Roombas? Do you know? Yeah, because then if, what if you're like, oh, let me get the door, and it's just like right through the door handle, and you're like, ah. Oh. Yeah, like, sorry. You know how many door handles we had to replace in this room? Doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Well, that's why they lost the war. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And, uh, the whole thing with Jean and Blackie's sister, it's just so creepy. Yeah, right? it's kind of weird. I'm over yeah. it. Um, okay, so Andy is the one now. I guess the the secretary never showed up. So Andy is taking over for Lucy, and he has uh, post-its all over the place. Um, but he's he's calling to find out about his, his sperm count. Uh, and the very patient uh, nurse or you know receptionist over the phone explains to him what his current situation is. And where he had a problem, he's now cured. Uh, the doctor said instead of three men on a boat, he's a whole town. Mm-hmm. And he gets very, very excited and yells at Sheriff Truman that he's a whole damn town out of context. I'm um, a whole damn town. I'm a whole damn town. So, uh, yeah. So, Cooper and Harry are planning uh, for the evening because they've, the, they've got the plans of one-eyed jacks somehow they got those and they're planning a way in um hawk comes in and says he's found the one-armed man where he's staying but he says no mm-hmm. one's seen him in two days but he he finds the drugs and he says um you know they're kind of weird they smell funny um 
Andy, trying to get a hold of Lucy at her sister's, calls an abortion clinic. And he is uh, concerned, to say the least. Um, yeah. And it's kind of funny because I, are we supposed to believe that the number she wrote down for them was... Like, did he call the wrong number? Like, so the the people he's that she says she's going to go see, which is her sister, that's the number he calls, right? I think so, yeah. Like, how would he know yeah. any other numbers? But there's two numbers there, so maybe he calls the first one. Oh, maybe. I think that's what it is. Um, okay. So, Maddie is at the double R getting coffee, and James, she runs into James, and James starts giving her the 20 questions about what's going on. And she says, I'm getting, getting coffee to take to uncle Leland. And he's like, you guys don't have coffee at home. Anyway, she's not a very good liar. <clears throat> um, and so James kind of gets a funny feeling and he goes to follow her. So, uh, Maddie's outside. Um, while Harold and Donna are kind of talking and this is Harold calls it their second session. So then this is where Donna reads this, um, not sure if she reads from her diary. Is she reading or she's just remembering? Oh, it's a good in my mind. In my mind, she's not looking at a book, even though I wrote she's reading from her diary. <clears throat> yeah, I but, don't think she's looking at a book. But uh, it's from, uh, she says that her and Laura were like 13, 14, and they went to um, meet some boys at the roadhouse. They're older, they're 20 year olds, and they basically they're, going out to party and Laura's dancing and they go skinny dipping. And it's this whole story. Um, and I actually wrote, I wonder if this is true because it's to me, it was her trying to kind of seduce Harold mm -hmm. into distracting him. Right. Like that's what she's trying to do. Um, anyway, because I, I, it felt like that was her plan. Right. Is I'm yeah, going yeah, yeah. to seduce Harold. And at least buy enough time for Maddie to get in. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah, that was the plan. I, it so, could be true. So whether know, or not it's true, I'm not sure. Um, at One-Eyed Jacks, uh, Cooper and Harry are sneaking around the back. And they they approach upon a security guard. And Harry has this awesome where he like he punches him and then puts the ball gag in and the tape. And then uses the dude head as a battery ram to open the door. <laughs> which yeah. is just awesome yeah that's pretty good this is totally gleaming the cube kind of direction here i love oh, it. oh it's very gleaming the cube. like the action um this actually is a great like you know it's very much the like everyone's trying to pull stuff off it's like the caper episode of twin peaks you know you've got all these people like just about to be caught anyway um yeah yeah, yeah. and there's uh, really weird punches being thrown totally. i thought he, i thought he uh <laughs> I thought you did a good job <laughs> directing this. Um, I made a note about the wallpaper in One-Eyed Jacks. It's just like headache-inducing. It's so brutal. It's like red flowers that are really... Uh, anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. we're remodeling right now, and I'm thinking about putting it up in the whole house. Oh, um, you should do that. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, this is interesting wallpaper. I'm like, have you seen Twin Peaks? One it's a conversation jacks, same starter. wallpaper. It's the, a it's the definitely conversation starter. it's a conversation starter and ender right away. Yeah. Welcome <laughs> to Steak Diary. That's your wallpaper at Steak Diary. Steak Diary. God. Every Steak Diary comes with that wallpaper. Steak Diary is gonna be so awesome. Um, mm. Please don't steal my idea, everyone. So um, <laughs> they see uh, Jean and Blackie <clears throat> uh, through a door. They see them talking, and and then I think this is where they see Cooper sees. Uh, the the monitor has his face on it, and he's a little like, "What is happening here?" Um, back to Harold's. Maddie's waiting outside, um, and Harold is showing off his orchids, and it's full on cringe fest, starring Harold and Donna. Um, and this is the point where Harold goes. I think they kiss, and Harold says, "Well, excuse me," and that's when Donna gives the signal. Um, this is my favorite part of the episode is when Cooper just like fully runs into Blackie's sister and he's like, Oh, hi, would you take me to and like shakes her hand and like then puts it behind her back? Yeah. Yeah. The complete opposite of Har Harry's like really cool move, you know, but like mm -hmm. totally gets the job done. Um, totally. But he wants to find Audrey. She takes him to Audrey. 
and um, Audrey's drugged up, and you know, um, Blackie's sister, who I'm trying to remember, I don't remember her name, I should have had her name written down, I apologize, but she's like, this isn't my fault, and then she gets her knife out, and then that's when Cooper kind of, Cooper, you can't do this, Cooper, Cooper knows, so she goes to try to stab him, and he, you know, grabs the hand, like, he hits a woman, dude, he hits her in the gut. Yeah, but see, that was the thing, I was like, oh, how is he going to hit her? And then he did. He hit her in the gut. And I was like, nah, that's kind of appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. But it was still like, wow, there was no other way. Okay. I mean, you are, you're, I trust you. I think it's funny though, when somebody gets punched in the gut and then they're knocked out. They're, they're like, down. <laughs> yeah. It's never happened once. Yeah. It's not, kind of amazing. Not one time. There's a lot of grunting and like, oh, why did you do that? That hurt so bad. Yeah. Like um, maybe you can't get up because of the pain, but you're not knocked out. Yeah. So he grabs Audrey and throws her over his shoulder. Um, and then this is when Harry watches John kill – he kills Blackie, which I kind of don't understand why. You, there was a scene earlier with, his, with her sister where she's like, are we done with her? And he kind of alludes to doing something. But it's like, what did she – I mean, maybe yeah, if, she's yeah. out of the, if she's out of the way, they can run the one-eyed jacks. I guess that would be the only thought. Um, maybe. There's, yeah, there's more <laughs> money for them, I guess. But as they're just about – Cooper and Truman are just about to escape, they get caught. And the guy's got a gun pulled on him, and he says, turn around, drop your guns, and then um, they're saved by Hawk, which feels really good, right? Yeah, yeah. I liked it a lot. Hawk throws a knife, a tomahawk, right, into the guy's back? (laughs) No, it was a knife. It wasn't a tomahawk. (laughs) I thought it was like a hatchet. What was it? It was a knife. (laughs) Was it a knife? Yes. Yeah, it was totally a knife. It wasn't a tomahawk, you racist. So, Hawk, oh yeah, even though they call him Hawk the Tracker. So, earlier in the episode, you could tell Hawk was like, what are you two ding-dongs up to? And yeah. so, um, so it's great. It, Hawk saves him and it feels really good. Um, and he has a line about, good thing you guys can't keep a secret, uh, mm-hmm. which it is a good thing. So, um, on their way out, they're spotted by Hank, who was obviously there. Although I thought Hank was supposed to be at the amusement park where they're having the drop. That kind of didn't make sense to me. Um, but Hank notifies Ben that they're leaving with her daughter, with his daughter, and, um, you know, the Cooper's okay. Uh, this is when Hank gets grabbed by Jean, and um, and he gets his ID, but it's Daryl Lodwick's ID. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, we get back to where Donna had given Maddie the signal, and... Um, Maddie is uh, goes in and she's trying to get to the diary, but you know it's this complicated thing where there's this like spinning knob to open the shelf, and so she just kind of, kind of, uh, <clears throat> not very quietly just rips open the shelf to get the diary. Harold sees her. He runs out and sees kind of what's going on, and um, he grabs that gardening tool. And uh, you're like, what is going to happen here? Is he going to kill them? Is he going to kill himself? And he has this uh, this whole kind of speech about how how awful, or maybe maybe he, that's the no that that's not true. He he says some line about how you know Laura had the secret. You want to know what Laura's secret was? It was secret of knowing who killed you, which was like, what what are you talking yeah. about? And then that's where the episode ends. So it seemed like they're kind of built it up to be like maybe it was Harold. Wait, did James not come rescue them? No, you watched the beginning of the next episode. That's in the beginning of the next one. Okay. <laughs> so you've spoiled it now for anyone who hasn't gotten to the next episode yet. Oh, James comes and rescues them. <laughs> <laughs> but the way that they did this 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 kind of cliffhanger was it seemed like worded in a way where they're like, well, we Maybe you know if you didn't think that Harold did it, maybe now you do. I mean, it's really been this whole time where like they've just given everyone their fifteen minutes of fame as perhaps I killed Laura Palmer, and it yeah, feels yeah, like yeah. this this was intentionally Harold's. Um, yeah, and not knowing, I I don't think it's Harold. It was so weird. Well, um, and it, it is a weird like the thing where he scrapes his face with those that to, I have one of those, and you can't you can't do that. You can't break the skin with those, unless you <laughs> literally had like a, a like a you know one of those wheels that sharpens knives. Like you, it's not sharp enough. 
Um, but anyway. Yeah. And uh, I see what you're saying. You could probably kill someone with it if you, you know, you got like a, a running start, you know, and it, if you've like held on to them while you fell from a three-story building and it impaled on them, maybe. But, um, maybe if you had like a secret place in your shirt for it. Maybe if you ha- if you put it um, if you held it up really high and then you had a gun and you shot them you could you could probably kill someone. With like it. if you use it as a distraction so they didn't see the gun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like if, if you if you okay what you'd have to do is you'd have to hold it really high up on the neck of it and then a sinkhole would have to just take the person down <laughs> because there's no other way you could die f- from one of those yeah. things. Yeah. No, I mean, there's you could you could probably kill somebody with it. If I mean, you were looking like, at if you, if if you, you took it if you took it like the, the 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 handle and you pressed it against someone's throat, like choked them. Yeah. Using the handle, yeah. maybe you could do it. Well, yeah. <laughs> while someone hit them with a car. <laughs> <laughs> okay, look here's I figured it out. If you yeah. held it backwards, upside down, mm-hmm. while looking them directly in the eyes while they were in the electric chair. It, it mm-hmm. might <laughs> might do the job. If you were holding it and then behind them, hawk through a knife in their back. A tomahawk. A tomahawk. Sorry. Then okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Real. T- all right. For reals. What's a tomahawk? A tomahawk is um, <laughs> it's a thing that Braves fans use their arms as. Isn't it the same thing as a knife? No, a tomahawk is like a handle, and at the end of it is like oh. it's almost like a little. Oh, axe. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It has a handle, like a knife. A tomahawk is like a little axe. Yeah, that's what I said. Didn't he have an axe? He did not have an axe. Oh, so it was a knife. Yes. A knife could kill you. A knife could kill you. Especially if you had a knife in one of those gardening tools. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, maybe if you hit them really hard in the face with the gardening tool and then stabbed them in the neck right afterwards. Then they they may one day die of a uh, like a foodborne illness. <laughs> yeah, maybe if you were gardening with it and you okay, it, you got dirt in a in like maybe an already cut open cut or something that they had, then they could die of like an if infection. You took, if you had one of those things and you used it to open a gallon of milk that you then left outside, yeah. for, for four months. And then you accidentally drank the whole thing, totally could kill you. Yeah, no, that's it. That's the probably the most possible. Especially if an airplane was flying overhead, and then the like, you know, when sometimes <laughs> they say like the ice falls off of it. Yeah. And it hits you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And totally lethal. <clears throat> so you're saying you can kill somebody with a garden tool? To- completely, it's completely possible. Completely possible. There's actually lots of different ways it could happen. <laughs> I think we've proved. I think <laughs> we've, we've just proven laid that. Out yeah, I think yeah. we've laid it out. This is the, probably the most important work we've done so far on this podcast. Uh, all right. Well, listen. And that I was episode five. Up. That was episode five. Yeah. That was fun, Dallas. Thank you for uh, talking dishing dishing the park with me. Dude, no problem, bro. Hopefully, we'll get to the next one tonight or tomorrow night. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> follow us on Twitter at PerkLaterPod. Follow you on Twitter. I, I forget. Follow me on Twitter at Sean T. O'Donnell. And <clears throat> be careful with those gardening tools. Yeah, really be careful because unless you just have that gardening tool, you could kill somebody. But we're going to find out what happens to everyone here, uh, to Maddie, to Harold, to Donna. Uh, well, we know what happens we don't to know, Maddie. Nothing Donna. about James. James. We don't know. James saves him. No, we don't know. <laughs> You're a jerk, Ted. Okay. Um, thanks, Dallas. Oh, thank you, buddy. I'll see you next time on Dish in the Percolator. Mmm, yeah. Dig that, Kurtz. Don't let yourself be hurt this time. Don't let yourself be hurt this time. Then I saw your face Then I saw your smile The sky is still blue The clouds come and go 
Yet something is different. Are we falling in love? Don't let yourself be hurt this time. Don't let yourself be hurt this time. Then your kiss so soft, then your touch so warm. The stars still shine bright, the mountains still high. Yet something is different. Yes, something is different now. The guitar came in. I feel like I'm floating. Floating above a keyboard and a guitar. A guitar. Are we falling in love? Falling. Falling. Are we falling in love? Mmm. That's the ketchup. I like coffee. Donuts. <laughs> Russ Tamblin. <laughs>